Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. I'm on Skype with Chris and Jenny Foster. They are the curators or the producers of the YouTube channel Sail Hub. I'm going to tell a story about how I met Chris and Jenny. It came about this last summer, actually earlier this summer, very early this summer, when I went over to get my boat ready for the Atlantic crossing in Almiramar, Spain. And I've, I've talked about that experience in a previous podcast, so I'm not going to go over that. But bottom line is, when one of the big projects I wanted to get done before I went into the water was to have solar panels and some stainless steel work done on the boat. And the previous year, I had arranged with a fabricator to put up some stainless steel work on my boat, and I paid a deposit, and he disappeared, and nothing was done. So I went back this year saying, okay, I don't care what, but I still want to do this. It's still a high priority for for my independence as a sailor uh, to be able to at least charge my batteries with solar panel for, for a certain period of time. But I didn't know who was going to do it because this this fabricator had gone out of business and it wasn't just me that he took a deposit from. It was a few other people. And and people in uh, the Almar Chandlery kept saying, well, Chris can do it for you. Chris can do it for you. But I didn't have Chris's phone number or anything else. Uh, but anyway, they put me in the water and I went and tied up uh, in the dock and right next to me was a boat with the exact configuration of solar panels and stainless steel rail around the cockpit that I wanted. And I looked over and I said, hey, you know, I want that exact configuration on my boat. And you said, well, you can have this. <laughs> you can have this. And, and that's what we proceeded to do. So I met Chris. I just happened to get lucky. And, uh, and, and more next to Chris in the Almiramar boatyard. And Chris said, okay, I can do this for you. I can stainless steel weld, and I can uh, put this panel up for you. And uh, so we arranged, uh, you, you gave me a quote, and that was a reasonable quote, and then you proceeded to get it done. Very quickly, I might add. You didn't dilly-dally around. But Chris, I'm so thankful I met you, and it turns out you've got a YouTube channel, and we're going to talk about that YouTube channel. Tell us about it. And Jenny, what are, you guys are liveaboards, so tell us your story. Let's go, let's go back to how you ended up becoming sailors. Because Chris, I know you have an interesting backstory in, on being a bicycle racer as well. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I um, obviously I started out uh, well with anything exciting, really, from racing bikes to climbing, anything adventurous, really. And uh, yeah, I loved it. But uh, unfortunately, I ended up getting. Um, a little unlucky here and there. I mean, clearly I wasn't as good as what I thought it was because I kept falling off the bike. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and basically, in a in a quest to find something that wasn't gonna break any more bones, we decided, hey, why don't why don't we try a little bit of sailing? You know, that seems pretty harmless. What could possibly go wrong at sea? And uh, we loved it. That's what we did. We loved it. And um, you know, I, I gave up my career and everything to become a boat builder so that Jenny and I could follow about our dream really of, of trying to sail around the world yeah and um you know we started off on wooden boats old uh, 1960s wooden boat that we bought that was sinking 
and we replanked her and whatnot and brought her into back into the world so that we could live aboard her and we stayed aboard that for a good few years and then we had a 1907 wooden gaff sailboat that was that was fun and then we moved into the fiberglass world really and um and here we are now in the med uh trying to make it happen we've been living aboard for how long has it been now uh in total i think maybe five years yeah so that's it really and and with that and previous skill sets from racing bikes we built our own mountain bike frames and all that kind of stuff back in the day so that was really cool uh yeah we just sort of adapted all those skills on top of the boat building stuff that i'd done at college and found ourselves doing a lot of stainless work a lot of welding any fiberglass or composite repairs that we would have normally had for the bikes we just sort of started doing it on the boats and of course it's all gone from there really next thing we know we're in el Miramar and we're fixing your solar panels and that's how it goes <laughs> hey <laughs> are you still in el Miramar right now yeah we we are in el Miramar right now it's um it's been an interesting few months actually since you left um obviously you were prepping for the atlantic and then getting yourself back home ready for your garage uh construction i believe and we ended up going back to the uk as you know that i had a bit of an accident it was actually the day before we set off sailing to well sailing properly into the med i, I broke my neck if you recall and um that is a bit of a shame so things got a little bit worse with that, which wasn't great. Uh, so we ended up getting MRI scans and being told we need to have a, my neck fused and whatnot. Uh, so sadly, our little boat probably isn't the best place for me, our little 33-footer, so we're going to have to put her up for sale. So we've been back to the UK and we've been looking for bigger boats and one thing or another, but of course that's expensive. So we're now you know, looking for a bigger boat, which is quite possibly the ultimate project really for us anyway. So... So yeah, we've been doing a lot of that, and finally we're back in Almeramar as of about a week ago, uh, just to try and get our own stainless work done, which is a little novel. <laughs> <laughs> finally, he's working on our boat. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, we're gonna have a, a couple of weeks, I think, in the um, in the Balearic. So at least that's a plan. Set off from the from Almeramar for maybe four to six weeks sailing around the Balearics, and then. Um, yeah, come back and continue the quest for a new boat. So what so do you think? Anyway. So what do you think your ultimate boat's going to be? What are you looking for in your, in your future boat? <laughs> well, with like a swimming bath, with like a <laughs> nice shower. With like, a, <laughs> where do you stop? <laughs> now I think we're looking uh, for us fifty foot, quite a simple. I think I need to be able to stand up and walk around. But I also carry, obviously, my, my welding gear with me uh, and all my boat building equipment, too. And now that we've started making YouTube videos, we've obviously carting that around. And we still have the mountain bikes, so we're carting all that around as well. So in general, yeah, we've got uh, an awful lot of stuff on our little boat at the moment. But basically, anything we can stand up in without having to be cramped and basically, hopefully, not lose the feeling to my hands too much, which is what happens when we're on the little boat cramped up all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think 50-foot sleep. I don't know. Something if, nice and simple. Okay, something simple. Yeah. So I, I don't I, – yeah. I think I told you I have a couple uh, herniated discs in my neck too, and as, as we speak, my fingers are tingling. My left hand fingers are tingling because – Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, it just, reminds you you're alive, mate. It's perfect. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. 
Yeah. So that's uh that's a big that's a that's a big bite to get. But but you plan on having well, first of all, let's talk about um your skills. I mean, you've got some absolutely tremendous skills. You showed me some of the dovetails you've done uh, and some of the woodwork you've done, and you showed me pictures of the boats you built and absolutely gorgeous sure, wooden boats. Yeah. yeah. Well, just lucky, mate. I just, yeah, for, for me, I was really lucky. Like, my grandfather was a, an, an Edwardian cabinet maker, so I just grew up with wood. And yeah, and then a passion for classic cars. You show up, learn to weld, and like I say, it all just sort of grows from there, really, just surrounded by the right people, I suppose. A bit of luck, you know? <laughs> well, I think there's a lot to but that. Yeah, I'm always pushing as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, I grew up with with people that, that built stuff, that did stuff. And so if I wanted to hang around them, I built stuff and did stuff. And I didn't just sit and play video games. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's infectious, eh? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of trial and error, that's for sure. Yeah, you, you and, know, um, I, I took a lot of big pieces of teak and teak and turned it into small pieces of teak. So that's what I did. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. No, we love it. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, the, the, the problem is is choosing which one you want to specialize in, you know. But um, yeah, so we just decided not to specialize and we'll just do it all. <laughs> so it's, it's been good, but it's getting harder. So we're looking now. At, um, with my neck, we're looking at getting into a bit more sort of surveying work and stuff like that. But more than anything, we're, we're enjoying the um, the YouTube side of it, really. And, you know, we were doing all that on bicycles, and the plan was to sort of document mountain biking around the world, which was amazing. But, of course, we just can't do that anymore. But, you know, to be honest with you, while we were trying to do that, all everybody wanted was advice. They're all saying, hey, Chris, what's that clutch on your boat? Why have you got that set up that way? Why do you have this? And what about that? And look, what about my rig? Can you look at my rig? And can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm wondering about X, Y, Z. And really, that's would have been the most sensible option for a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So that's um, so that's where the way we're heading now, really. Just basically give people what, what they're asking us for. So you know, we'll see how that goes, eh? Yeah. So when we good. were when we were in El Miramar, you talked about the YouTube uh, video you did of uh, Gibraltar, but I don't see that up here. Do you, is it? In... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah. Gibraltar was that was something, eh, Jenny? It was insane. Yeah, I think it kept us sane over the winter in Gibraltar, because um, also when you're in Gibraltar, you're kind of um, how, how big is Gibraltar? Small. Not too big. Not too big. Uh, but we we were super lucky and met some really cool locals, and they uh, showed us essentially like a sneaky back entrance into the World War Two tunnels. Um, and so Chris and I just couldn't let this opportunity pass us, and we thought, you know, we really want to make a little mountain bike video in the tunnels because um, that just doesn't exist. And so Chris and I literally spent day every day for about probably two two weeks in and out sort of thinking how we're going to film this like all the different shots because we had to set up the lighting because it's pitch black in there uh it was so fun and then we got two other guys uh riding with us uh, i did the filming and chris and the two guys were hitting around the tunnels in and out through Gibraltar. Yeah, it was, honestly, Franz, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely amazing. It was like, as soon as you went past and turned the lights off, you, you couldn't see a thing. <laughs> you couldn't see a thing. And we were flying around these these tunnels. And, of course, you know, like, 
I ran my fingers into the wall at some point and it's all, you know, rough rock and shred the side of my fingers up. You can't see a thing. And I thought the tunnel was wider than what it was and it turns out it wasn't. And uh, <laughs> the usual mountain biker story, you know. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. But it's one of those films that it's a real, like, corker for us, really special, really, because we put so much effort into it and the guys were so good. Like, we filmed for two weekends with them and we really want to make a big job of it and we just we sat down to do it but we couldn't find the right music could we <laughs> no no yeah so basically yeah you won't find that for a while um yeah because um we need to find a pretty good soundtrack <laughs> ah, so yeah, it's, it's still, it's still a work in progress then okay good I, i'm looking forward to seeing it good all right well i'm going to sign in and subscribe to your channel because you changed the name oh, good man it. yeah absolutely but yeah, you yeah, got we changed some... the name because we needed something more memorable, I think, really. Yeah. Because everyone was asking us and forgetting. <laughs> it's, it's called Sail Hub. S A I L two words, Sail Hub on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. And it's uh you got some looks like I I'm gonna watch these. I haven't seen them, but I just got on today and I thought, well, I'll check it out. I gotta ask you, Chris, because you did an absolutely phenomenal job. On uh, on TIG welding my stanchions, you extended a stanchion up, then you put a curve in it, then you attached it to my boom gallows, and I cannot see where the weld is. You did that that <laughs> perfect of a job, and and I've done a little bit oh, of TIG it's welding. Nice to be safe. Well, I know a, a a good welder is a true artist because I've tried, <laughs> I've tried TIG welding. And it's not a skill that's uh, that is into. It's not that easy to learn, especially when you're at the level you're at on that. And uh, and you have a little tiny welder. What type of welder is it? What's the brand of that welder? Because I came back and said, okay, was it an ever ever everlast weld? What what welder? I know it wasn't a Miller or a uh, or a, what's what's the other big one in America? Miller or uh, Lincoln. Lincoln uh, Miller right. or Lincoln? Yeah. yeah. A blue or a red, as they say. Yeah, blue or red, exactly. <laughs> no, it's um, I have a Lincoln at home, um, and it's great. It's a lovely. I have a two hundred or two hundred five Lincoln back home, so ACDC welder. Uh -huh. I can weld stainless or aluminium with that. Let's say, mm -hmm. it's a fantastic piece of kit, but it's just too much to cart around on the boat. Yeah. So we needed something which was uh, small, and it, you know Miller do a really nice one, but the cost of it, it doesn't make sense when you're keeping the boat. You know, you're keeping it on a boat. It's a saltwater environment, and I, I don't really have the money to go throwing into a miller, which might only last two or three years, because we use it every day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, salt water doesn't go well with electrics, it seems, even when they're supposedly marinized. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the the model I have, it's a, it's a JASIC, so J-A-S-I-C, and she's, um, she's a 200 TIG. So it's a high-frequency TIG, which is just really good. It's, yeah, I mean, for stainless work, mild steel, anything like that, it's a fantastic piece of kit, really, really cool and nice and small, and stick it on your shoulder and go and take it to the job. Happy well, days. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a tiny welder. Really? I mean, it uh, it really it didn't yeah. take up much, much space at all. And uh, I, was... I mean, to be fair, most, most marine stuff, you only need to run it like, you know, it's not very often we end up going over 120, 130 amps, really. Not that often. And if you do, you can always run a route pass and do several passes. So, yeah, you don't need to have 200 amps, but there's a pulsing setup on that TIG machine. So pulsing's are it basically, that's a, it's a form of welding where instead of having a constant frequency in the arc, 
you have sort of two levels of frequency and it steps up and down between the two. So you have a low frequency and a high. And I like to I like to weld with pulse when I'm welding things that don't like to get too hot. It helps prevent warpage, but you know, you, you just don't need it to be honest with you. It's an expensive thing that can actually just confuse you when you're starting out. You're probably better off with just a completely basic take welder to be honest. So I'm actually good on, place to start. So I'm on the website jasictech.com. So that's the welder. So which brand do you have there? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. an EVO twenty. Fantastic piece of kit. They've got really a, well priced as well. You know, they're about maybe maybe about two thirds the price of a Miller or something like that. So yeah, they're around. You kind of get the quality. Yeah. It works really well. You know, you don't have the the backup say that you get with a Miller, but I'm pretty sure if it was saltwater problems, they wouldn't cover it anyway. So well, it certainly I mean, did a I good. <laughs> it, it certainly did a great job on my boat. So there's a yeah, no, they're great. They're really good. Now, which one do you have? Do you have what amperage do you have? They've got the 200, the 250, the 250, the 300. Yeah, we've got the, the it's a 200 tig. 200 tig, okay. Yeah, the other one they offer, which is considerably cheaper, is a 180. Okay, because it and, doesn't. Uh, even, the only real. It's not listed anymore. The only real difference. Oh, there it is. There's the 180. Okay. okay. Yeah, there's the 180. Okay. The 180 is uh, it's considerably cheaper. It's not it's not a digital readout, uh, but because I'm going for repetition all the time, I just a digital readout makes it easy for me. But like I say, the 200 has the the pulsing um, option, which is it's really important to me. Uh, but again. When you're starting out, it's, it's it's really not something that you need. So you can probably knock, well, in euros, you're probably knocking off 200 euros mm -hmm. between the 180 and the 200. And the chances of you ever running it at 200 are so slim. I mean, the torch that I have on it is not the standard JSIC torch. It's a CK Worldwide torch. But that only really works to, to like 130, 140 amps anyway, so... There you go. Shows how often I turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you're doing thin material. I mean, stanchions are not thick. Yeah, but yeah, even when you go thick, though, you tend to do lots of passes rather than right. Like a big, you know, it's yeah. You know, you're never really welding more than six mil on a on a boat. And if you are, you need a different welder anyway. So yeah, yeah. Well, good. That's that's, and you carry a little argon tank around with you and. Uh, do you do you, on your future boat? Do you plan on ha having a little generator to to go with as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because this is a little inverter welder, you don't you don't it doesn't use too much power. But yeah, we um the boat that we've looked at a couple of boats. You know, we got back from the UK looking at one, and we've just been down to uh, Duquesa, which is near Gibraltar. So we're actually just on our way back from that at the moment. Um, that was an Oyster Forty Nine. It's an Oyster 49 that it's sank. So, you know, that that's good for us. We need a project, which is... <laughs> that we can afford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something we can afford. So and if... the other one is a, a very similar boat, Franz. It's really cool. And its history is remarkable. It's a very similar hull. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. Uh, yeah, don't don't let Betamere snake it from you right now. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, an amazing boat, but it is literally a hull and a deck that never ever made it beyond that i mean it doesn't even have its chain plates on it ah. so that'll be the first job weld some chain plates so, so it's basically I, a blank blank canvas for a boat builder to yeah and i think there's a lot of people that have boat for dreams 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that have best of intentions, go out and buy a Holland deck and don't realize how much work it is to put it together and then they give yeah, up. Well, and... that's exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a huge undertaking. But to answer your question, that's the boat that we're hoping to take home. And uh, yeah, she's got a generator on her already, so there oh, you go. <laughs> okay. So where would you do the work? Yeah. Are you, would you do it in the water or would you pull it out and do it out of the water? I mm. guess you'd have to do it out, uh, out of the water, right? Well, on the boat, you mean? Yeah. I mean, certain things, you know, certain things would have to do in the uh, out of the water and uh, certain things would have to do in the water. So the, I think the basic idea, you, Jenny will tell you all about it. She's got some wild ideas, really. You, so. <laughs> well, Chris and I have been, uh, the reason we've been living on board for five years already is we've been slowly saving and working towards this dream of actually setting sail and moving around the world. Uh, and we, we kind of keep facing barriers. So uh, this is a barrier with Chris's neck that we're trying to overcome. So we're trying to find this project boat, but... I don't really want to then have to spend a few years in the one spot again. <laughs> so yeah. the idea is to get her to a stage where we can sail her uh, and then move to a new location, a new country probably, and then do the next project. And then so basically have bean bags down below, a mattress, you know, basically roughing it, but safely in terms of her actual physical sailing capabilities. Very basic though, no electrics. Chris will be putting the sextant into use at the bottom for his 40th birthday. Yeah. Um, so really a huge adventure within itself, never mind the boat building. Uh, so ideally, yeah, spend a bit of time in the UK probably, um, getting her sail ready and then um, sail her uh, probably to, to somewhere in the med, do the next sort of stage. And Chris, Chris knows, that, you know, the origin of all the raw materials so like one idea would be amazing to sort of go around the world and do each stage like where that raw material comes from and but whether that's realistic i don't know but well you never know do so you? a huge journey and it, it, yeah it'll be a huge journey and adventure and yeah. job <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's a huge project there friends <laughs> a huge project but you'll know all about that won't you oh yeah I mean, how's me, your it took with, me five your, years um, to... Took me five years to build boat my as boat. Well. Yeah, yeah. It took me five years to take mine from a Holland deck to to my boat, and uh, and yeah. that was uh, that was working in the winter because I was work building my summer home in the in the summer and doing my boat in the winter. So that was basically just working in the winter. But uh, sure, yeah, and it's some pretty pretty savage winters where you come from as well, right? <laughs> yes, it's you know fortunately you could uh, put a little electric heater down inside the hull of the boat and be happy as a clam, especially as you're inhaling all the fumes from the uh, stuff that you're doing down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah. yeah, I remember when I was. And how's, work- how's your workshop going? Well, as we speak, I've got my crew out. Well, my my friend who's a contractor, he's out there putting it up right now. He's uh. The uh, he was a delayed. Okay. Now you know I planned on coming back early because he was going to start working on the boat early, and uh, mm. he just barely got on the project on Monday, and uh, they're making damn good progress on it right now. But but I was delayed a lot because you know of course he he was delayed. He was working on another job, and the and the the person he was working for decided, well, just add another floor to that house for me, will you? So that delayed him. <laughs> and uh, so he just, he and his crew, he and two of his workers are up here working on it right now, putting up these huge, massive steel beams that are spanning it. The, the workshop is 65 feet by 40 feet. And 
there's going to be a TIG welder in there when that's I'm That's a good size, that. That is. You'd be able to put our boat in there for I a second. I could. That's much, that's much bigger <laughs> than, than if, where if I... If we win it, we'll, we'll just sail her over there, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Put her on a truck and move it up to the mountains. That's what you do. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to cost a lot more than I planned. But that's just the way it is. Everything costs more than yeah, you expect. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's all changing at the moment, isn't it? You can't, you can't believe any prices at the moment. No. The world's gone crazy, eh? Hey? Really crazy. Hey, Jenny, I wanted to ask you, yeah. did, uh, did, was, was sailing always your dream as well? Because usually it's a man's dream and not necessarily the woman's dream. But you, you guys came about this, it sounds like, uh, uh, as, a, as a joint couple saying, okay, let's become sailors. So, Jenny, did, were you always a sailor? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I would say, um, was I always a sailor? No, but just as much as Chris. I'd say we both dabbled in it as kids, a little bit of dinghy sailing, but nothing like serious at all. And then when we went to sail with one of my good friend's uh, fathers, uh, we had a long weekend with him and then another long weekend and just had great adventures on the west coast of Scotland. And... I think I fell I fell in love with the adventure and what you find at the next anchorage and going on and exploring the island or whatever, and just the yeah the amazing feeling of like moving your little home around the place. Yeah, you quite like the brass kettle as well, didn't you? And the brass kettle, <laughs> <laughs> the whistling kettle, and all those nice things. Whereas Chris very much fell in love with the you know the performance, the the challenge, the changing conditions the navigation and so i guess fairly typical and so uh, i i guess we sort of fell in love with sailing on different levels um yeah well that's very true and, but it worked out didn't it Just... yeah it worked out and sadly i do struggle with seasickness as i know many people do um so i'm really looking forward to having the this the cruising sailing that we've done so far so we've uh sailed around the uk together um, but it was all broken up. So the longest we had, well, we, we were on the boat for three months, but very much sort of on and off land anchorages have always gone to land. And so I feel like I've not had a long enough run to really get my sea legs. So I really look forward to hopefully getting that and getting over that. Cause it's one thing, it's crazy how strong your mind is and it prevents me from really getting involved with like the sail trimming and, forward thinking and even the navigation once we're underway because i'm just like just focusing on the horizon and that sort of thing um so i really hope over the next couple of years that that's going to change yeah that's it's tough yeah, so go ahead chris i was going to say so jenny's um she's she struggled for such a, a long time with that you know franz and um we met well you know andy heskeith from the ocean cruisers podcast we uh, got to become very good friends with Andy. And he put us on to a, a hypnotherapist not far from Malaga. And Jenny spent quite a bit of time with this hypnotherapist. So, you know, there's a lot of people reportedly done really well with that. So we haven't actually put it to test yet. but Yeah, so I've had three sessions with the hypnotherapist focusing on my seasickness. Uh, so there's really exciting to so that finished my third session finished um a couple of weeks ago um so in a week or two we'll get to really uh 
test it out and see how that works for me. Um, obviously, it's not going to suddenly fix it, but hopefully it will change my mental, my subconscious mind. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait to, to get out on the water and test that out. So your plan is to head up the coast and then out to uh, Formentera, Ibiza, then Mallorca, Menorca. Is that the plans this summer then? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the the, pro <laughs> the problem is it's, um, well, the life of a boat builder, isn't it? You know, you, you go in one way one minute and the next minute you turn around and go the other way because someone needs some work doing. So, you know, the thing is we can't say no to, to work on the go and um, that, that we have to be aware of. Uh, so, yeah, but the basic plan is to head that way. And then we, we know we, the only thing we do know we're doing is we're, we're going to Southampton this year for the boat show. So that's back in September. So middle of September. That's oh, our middle of September. Yeah. yeah. So um, well, I don't know if you recall, but I do quite a lot of work for Hydrovane, the self-steering company. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be exhibiting with Hydrovane in Southampton. So that's, that's going to be nice. You know, we've not actually been to Southampton for the, the full show yet so yeah should be so, good. so that's middle of September so that's a definite and yeah hopefully sail the Balearics between now and then <laughs> I've become very fond of the expression um that I heard from someone one day is that sailors write their plans in the sand <laughs> and it's so true you can have a plan one day and then literally, literally the next day it's yeah. changed <laughs> I mean, when we first set off uh before I broke my neck the plan was um from Almeramar to Gibraltar and across the Atlantic, uh, you know, and the day the day before we set off, that changed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's... So there you go. Our end destination has always been. We're not sure yet either. It's going to be the Patagonia or Alaska, and uh, it might be a bit of a fight for that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one wants to go one way, one wants to go the other. So we don't really know. <laughs> I t just talked to a friend of mine that t uh, joined a, a crew member on a boat and a boat down through Patagonia. That is rough territory nice. down there. That is not easy sailing down there. Big winds, exactly. no, no, no. big winds Perfect. and big tides. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. This is the thing with this um, potential boat project is Chris says something simple because he's very, I don't know if bias is the right word, but it is amazing for Chris because, um, you know, well, it's, it's a hard balance, isn't it, between uh, performance and comfort because Chris has got the capability to, to, to really excel in both, but obviously you can't have everything. So every conversation we're having right now is like just working out what on earth we'd, we'd do, what style, what rig, what this, what that, yeah, you know, yeah. how much performance versus comfort, how much this and that. You know the story, friends. It's like, do I really need a depth sounder to get going? Boy, I'd know. say that's pretty it's, top priority. <laughs> yes, I think so. It's a nice thing to have. Yeah. It's a nice thing to have, but you know, Oh, 1907 little boat there, it had didn't, nothing. Didn't have it, huh? Nothing. Oh. Didn't have a single thing. Just sails. We stuck an outboard on the back to get up when the tides were high against you. But uh, You loved it, didn't you? I loved it, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just loved having nothing. And to be honest with you, if she drew another couple of feet and didn't take on so much water, I would have probably taken her across the Atlantic. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we've been talking about all sorts, sorts of hulls. And I tell you what, I've, I've learned an awful lot in the last couple of Month, month really where we've really been um drilling into what kind of hull we'd like because basically this is well chris hates the expression of forever boat because i think he's a bit more realistic than me but 
you know, this is going to be a big project, um, big investment of, of time and effort, blood, sweat and tears, I'm sure. And so Chris knows we can't really do it again. So we're trying to work out really what what is going to be best for us. Lifting keel. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, GRP, I mean, it's, whatever. Yacht design's quite a, it's a remarkable thing. And there's so many different shapes, you know, even if just take a transom, for example, you know, you've got God knows how many different iterations of a transom you could have. And they're all fantastic at something and not so good at something else. So it's always a figure out what you do. And, yeah, everything's you know. a trade-off. There is no perfect vessel. Everything's a, a trade-off of something for the but something for something else. So I'm, <laughs> I'm actually on the Hydrovane website. I didn't realize that's a, a Vancouver or a British Columbia company. Canadian yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Will and Sarah Curry bought it from a chap... Um, um, where's he at? In Nottingham, wasn't he? And it, they're still made and in, made and assembled by a chap by the name of Lee, who's a lovely guy. Uh, still in Nottingham Way. We went to see him, was it last year or the year before? Great company, great company, great people, such great service as well, you know, and they, they're shipping things all over the world. But yeah, the, the, the company's now based in Vancouver. So, yeah. And they're doing they're doing really well with it. They've got a few things they've been working on here and there. It's not for me to say what they've been doing, but it's quite exciting stuff. And uh, it's going to be good to see them at the show and have a chat to them. And hopefully we'll um, be able to do a little YouTube. We've kind of got that lined up where we can discuss what they've been working on and how they've managed to, you know, improve on a design from uh, way back when, really. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a servo pendulum steering gear. So it has its own rudder, right? It has its own rudder that extends below, or does it attach to a trim tab on underneath? Yeah, so it's not it's not really a servo pendulum this one, but it basically, um, yeah, basically it takes the vane as they all do, and and basically just puts it to a very simple fork mechanism, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which turns side to side motion in one plane to side to side motion in the opposite plane. And that basically gives you your steerage. I mean, the beautiful thing about the Hydrovane is it's very, it has um, three gears as well. So you can make it, you know, extremely sensitive to not so sensitive very, very easily. And then obviously what people do love about them is that they become a, a, a secondary rudder if you have a rudder failure, which fingers crossed nobody has, but you know, what it's like being around uh, the Mediterranean or the mouth of the Med at the moment with all of the, the orca attacks and the likes, then I can tell you one thing. I've fitted a lot of hydrovanes in the last few years because of those whales. Do you know, when so, I was in Almiramar, yeah. I looked at a boat with a big bent rudder. Did you see that in the yard when I was there? Yeah. Yeah, that, that one would have been Blue Peter, I think. Is that right? Um, might have been fixed by then, but yeah, yeah there's, there's been a there's few. Yeah, there's been a handful, you know. Yeah. It's frightening, really. You know, it's uh, you know, it's 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 absolutely frightening when you look at them, massive rudders, and not only that, but sometimes the stocks are bent as well. You know, and you think, wow, that's a that's a that's an animal that can take a piece of two-inch stainless and bend it. You know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I looked at that and said, yeah. whoa. So that must be one of those uh, killer whale attacks. Then is what it was. Is my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a few in Almiramar. There's been. Not actually a few no, boats not a few attacks, but a few boats yeah. come in. There's been a handful uh, further on the coast as well, around La Linea, Gibraltar, and obviously the Gulf of Cadiz as well. It's been a lot happening there. So, 
go careful when you go through there, Franz. So it's still <laughs> happening right now because I heard uh, when I checked last time that they hadn't had any reports for quite a while, but they're still having reports now then. Is that right? Well, we've not really been following it, if I'm honest with you, so I wouldn't okay. like to yeah, say Yeah, don't but, take that as gospel. Yeah, there's been, um, there's been a lot going they seem to migrate with the weather, so they're heading up. They were getting up as far almost as uh, Finisterre, mm -hmm. and attacks were, or attacks, or what would you call them? I don't know. Meetings, maybe, up there, all the way back down again. And it seems to be they move with the uh, the tuna fishing, the season oh, for that. Okay. So that's interesting. But um, one thing that I think has changed it is um, something called a pinga, like a, a pinga. It's um, it's like a basically an ultrasound that the, the fishermen have used for years, and it sets up sets off a frequency every few seconds or so, and it's been used to stop dolphins getting caught in fishing nets because mm. you know they get a huge fine for that. And these these things are a couple of hundred euros maybe something like that, and you literally just stick it off the back of the boat on a line. And since people have started using these, the the number of encounters, let's say, of diminish rapidly it appears so i would imagine these things are working but you know don't take my word for it but if i was going through there i think i might be tempted to have one after seeing the amount of people which have had you know some bad news really okay i'm looking but, for yeah. that i haven't heard of that so that's uh, a pinga a-p-i-n-g-a is that about so yeah p-i-n-g-e-r pinga Pink, yeah okay. if you put in whale or dolphin ping on the google i'm sure it'll come up it's a couple of companies making them. I think one of them, I think they originated in the UK, actually. But yeah. Okay, here it is. Yeah. I mean, last year it was crazy, wasn't it? We had a we had a friend who left. Um, where did where did uh, where did he leave from? He was uh, he left Lagos in Portugal, and went up and round to Singe. So it's not that far. A couple of days sail maybe. Um, yeah, and there was six boats attacked in one day you know <laughs> you just think six boats have got disarmed of their rudder and you think wow you know so there, there's one thing we'll be putting in our our, our next boat that's for sure we'll be putting in a solid water type bulkhead <laughs> in front of the rudder post that's for sure <laughs> yeah okay it looks like okay i found a place called net net guard i guess is what it's called and yeah that's the one of, yeah. yeah like i say they were initially to stop dolphin encounters in the nets because the, the fishermen get a huge fine if they get a, catch a dolphin yeah so they don't mind paying a small a small price for a pinger yeah and there's so one called for whale another for dolphin dolphin then an attide depression so ones that looks at the frequency the the one for the whales three kilohertz the so dolphins is 60 to 120 kilohertz and then also 10 yeah. kilohertz so and the question that well, what i've been asked and i don't know the answer to It'd be interesting if somebody else did know. Is um, is a small whale likely to respond to a dolphin one? You know, because it appears to be the young whales that have been causing the damage, while the larger whales sit back and watch. So there's been a lot of questions about <laughs> what frequency do you need, or do you take both? <laughs> yeah, maybe you get all of them and hang it over the side. Is what you do. So. Yeah, yeah. One thing's for sure, I think uh, like places like Almeramar, they're coming up for sale quite a lot because uh, obviously you basically you come through the Gibraltar Straits and the next main stop is Almeramar. Mm -hmm. It's a great place for a lot of boat work and one thing and another. So 
it's actually becoming a good little trading place for these things. And we, we laughed and joked about like years ago, people would obviously trade charts and the likes, but now it's like, right, I've got a ping and what do you want? And then <laughs> someone else has got, well, I've got an avionics charts of the, of the canaries. I'll do you a swap. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so, quite good. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Cause I was worried about that when I go out next winter and, uh, maybe the winter. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, it's, like I say, once you get to the Canaries or somewhere, there's, there's probably someone going to be coming back that would take it off you, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'll be planning on my my coming back out there, and hope, I don't know if you'll be around or not when I come back out again. If you are, I have a project that uh, you might want to look at. You know my wind sure. vane. You saw my wind vane on my boat. That it just did, yeah, it's a cool thing, yeah. Yeah, that wood frame that I built because I had a workshop and I could build it, are you still there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My electricity went out, and I'm having to reboot and calling Chris and Jenny back again. Hello. Okay, I got cut off here. My electricity did a blip and cut me off, turned off my computer, and I had to do a, a reboot. So I'm glad we're back again. Oh, well, then that was very quick. Yeah, well, I'm, it was just a, so, yeah. a pulse, I think. It just went out and came back on. And so, anyway, I was going. I was saying as before, I got cut off. That oh, your project, yeah, yeah project. I don't know if you're going to be around or not, but bottom line is, uh, it, this wooden frame for my wind vane that I built in my sure. workshop 30 years ago. It's gradually the lower part of the vane is is had a little bit of rot on it and i don't know if i want to rebuild the whole frame or if i want to just put a splice for a piece in there or not but i don't know if you uh can uh can can get and take a look at it or not i know you're pretty much it's impossible for you guys to do any work in the yard but uh something to think about you and i'll touch base on that offline when we get a chance how does that sound yeah, yeah, it gives you a shout about it. Yeah, if, if we're around, well, yeah, you're probably not going to be yeah. around. Yeah, you're probably not. You're not going to be around. You're 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 going to live the dream instead of work the dream, right? Well, no, we'll be we'll be um, certainly. Yeah, we'll be off doing the you know the Balearics, enjoying a bit of that action, see what happens there. But then, you know, after that, it's back to the grind. We'll so, be back in Almerma. We'll be back to work in Almerma for the winter. So okay. Yeah, we'll be back just after this. I think after the show in uh, Southampton, we'll be trying to, well, we'll hopefully we'll have, we'll have bought a boat. It all works out. Yeah, and you'll be <laughs> so busy we'll working a, on we'll, your we'll boat. That's right. That. Yeah. Anyway, it'll we'll be something to talk about. I can probably get by without doing anything on it, but it's one of those things that sure, I know yeah. I have to get, I have to fix at some point yeah, in yeah. time. You know, it's, it's cool. Yeah, well, no problems. We'll have a look. We'll have a look. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Chris could assess it uh, over a video call as well if necessary. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we did. We're, we're still popping the yard once in a while, and you'd be pleased to hear that your boat is still standing as you left it. <laughs> the cover's still in one place. We do keep an eye for you. Oh, you know? thanks a lot. Yeah, that cover is. I'm, I'm. I'm surprised I'm getting another year out of that cover because it's. It's in pretty sad shape. And, yeah, it's pretty uh, robust though. Yeah, it oh. is. It's lasted probably six or seven years now i had it rebuild in or i had that one built in turkey quite a few years ago and uh, yeah, I, yeah i need a new one but it really makes a difference on the boat when i leave it with a full cover on it because it 
that go back and it's dirty underneath but it's it's the wood is not weathered and the fiberglass is not weathered on the deck so yeah yeah no, I mean, it makes such a difference it really does covering the boat up it really does especially in uh in places like where you've got the saharan sand coming over you know we had the we'd worked on a an amel this year and she'd been sat over covid and beautiful boat but um yeah i've never seen anything like it I had to go up and down the rig two or three times to clean the forestay so we could even raise the, the swivel. And that was because we originally we just went as you would normally to put the sails up on this boat for the chap. And uh, wow, there was no way we could get it. It was completely jammed, just Saharan sand stuck to the, fo- the foil. And then it was an in-mass furler as well, so we then had to clean all of the inside of that as well before it would even turn it was <laughs> i spent some time cleaning oh you did yeah cleaning scrubbing the deck the cockpit etc and i swear the guy didn't think i'd done anything like it was so thick it really needed like three good good deep cleans um incredible incredible what the yeah. weather can do yeah the guy the guy didn't think anything had been done until <laughs> until we pointed out the tide line and about six foot around the mast we're like yeah, the rest of the mast is orange. <laughs> <laughs> so I can reach any higher. <laughs> Jenny, you're the one that goes up the mast a lot, aren't you? You went up my mast and changed my light bulb in my at the I top of my mast. I your mast, yeah. Yeah, I, I love to help out when I can. I love to get involved. I've always been very hands-on. Um, so... As much as I can, as much as I can, and yeah, it seems going up the mass is a handy dandy thing to uh, to get done when I can. Although I must say, I, when they get super high, I am that's good about. Yeah, but she's lighter than me. It's easier, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, mine's only forty feet up there, so it's nothing for you, I guess. And we had a lot of people give you, know, you, you. There were three of us on the on the bottom, and you on the in the. Going up the mast is what. what Absolutely, was. I was safe as houses. Exactly. How many sailors does it take to get one up the mast? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's great. So, so, anything else we ought to touch base on before we finish out the interview? I don't that know. you can think about. Anything you think of them? Um, no. Other than encourage people to uh, subscribe to Sail Hub on YouTube. <laughs> I will. I will <laughs> do that. Got- I will do that, and also if you yeah, want to send uh, send me, I've got all the links down uh, for your for your channel and everything else. But if you have anything else or pictures that you want to uh, to put in the show notes, just email those to me, okay? And oh, I'll thanks, add man. them. That's really cool. I'll add them to the show notes, and and uh, I think the only thing that we would ask for, obviously, we're we're starting out in YouTube. It's a completely new thing for us, and we're really enjoying it. But I think, like yourself, you know, we were listening to your. Uh, podcast just the other week you know and you were talking about um just content and ideas and the likes and obviously like i say our content plans change from mountain biking to providing sailors with information to help them do what they need to do to their boats or just advice and but basically yeah if anyone's got any questions or anything that they'd like something yeah like covering, to- topic ideas then or... you know we would rather than just make videos that just we think might be a good idea and people might want to know about it would be really good to actually have some genuine questions to try and answer properly for people you know yeah yeah demonstrate it nice thing about youtube is if you have a question you can and you ha- and it's a something that requires skill you can demonstrate it too that's the nice thing with video yeah well that's that's the thing you know i'm not one of these guys who's like 
yeah, you know, I could fix your rig for you, but I'm not going to tell you how to. And more like, well, you know, as a sailor, we all understand yeah. that if you're in the middle of the ocean, we all need the skills to do it, you know? I mean, we might not want to do it, but you probably should know how to do it, you know? Yeah. So I'm more than happy to share that. I think it's quite important for a sailor to know as much as they can about their boat. Just a, well, a bit safer, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Okay, you guys, it's good to talk to you. And by the way, I've, I sent an email to Andy, the rigger, at the same time I sent an sure. email to you, and I haven't heard back from him, but I'd like to touch base with him because he's a, yeah, he yeah, was a, yeah. a great, he did a great job for me in my, my rig survey and actually solved a big problem for me. Uh, yeah, Andy's actually, he's a, he's a really, really good rigger. He's, he is really, really knowledgeable. And obviously, I do a lot of rigging too, and that's, uh, we actually got to know each other through mountain biking. And before you know it, we're now rigging, you know, a lot of boats together now, which is fantastic. But, yeah, I'm always learning from Andy. He's a good man to talk to about that, for sure. Uh, he's um, he's on his holidays at the moment. That's why you won't have heard from him. Uh, uh, so he generally takes three. He's, it's just too hot here, Franz. It's like 40-odd degrees at the moment. So And there's just there's no respite as a rigger. You're up a mast or you're in the beaming sun. So he takes a few months off. But, I'll, yeah, I'll pass that knowledge on to him and... Uh, I'm sure he'll be in touch. Great. I look forward to catching up with you guys again when I get back. I Hopefully we'll come back in December or January, and I'll be out there knocking on your hall when I get there. Catch yeah, you. We should, Absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah. Should, we should be around then, eh? Yeah, um, even if there's no hell around me, we might be around. So, yeah, please keep in touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep in touch as well. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Nice guys. one, mate. Take care. And good luck with your rest of your build. It's going to be exciting to see <laughs> yeah. some pictures. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a picture of it and send it to you on where we're at right now. So, okay. uh, Good man. Well done. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Cool. Thank you. Cheers, Franz. Take it easy, mate. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The website for Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond is www.medsailor.com. Again, medsailor.com. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f***. What the f*** gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it.